This podcast is presented to you by the Young Adults Ministry of Faith Chapel San Diego. To find out more, please visit faithchapelsd.com. Shift gears back into what you really want it to share tonight. I thank you for all the stuff that's going on. It's all good stuff. But at the end of the day, God, we're not here for events and things like that. We're here for you. So I'm asking that you would speak to us tonight through your precious Holy Spirit as we dive into your word and we talk about the spirit of the living God in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. We've been talking about the Spirit. I hope you guys enjoyed last week when we talk about what it meant to be chiseled by God. My dad shared in here last week, and we were joined by all of the other classes that are meeting all across the campus. Did you guys enjoy last week? I know it was like a ton of scripture and a ton of like, my dad always just goes real deep, real fast, and so I love that. I hope you were really blessed last week. But tonight, I want to talk to you about Word, Power, Maybe. That's the title of the message, Word, Power, Maybe, and I'll talk to you about what that means in just a moment. Let me give you some scripture right off the bat. Paul says to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 2, 4, he says, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but they were in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. We got into this discussion on Sunday morning. We have a growth group at 9 a.m. In case you didn't know that, we meet up in this room C214, and uh, we have breakfast in there and the whole deal. And we were talking about some scripture this past week, and we got into some discussion about why just the proclamation of the gospel is good but not enough. And it has to be accompanied by the power of the living God and how you really need both. So this discussion led us into just like talking about the American church and where we're at. And and there are some things that I'm really passionate about concerning this because I don't want to fall into the trap of being a person who is a Christian who has the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwelling inside my mortal body. But yet I don't have supernatural answers for people because I don't have a faith or an understanding of how my God works. And so because of that, I feel like many churches churches have gotten to the point where we're really good at entertaining you and we're really good at having good services and we're good at having fresh coffee and good donuts. We're good at doing all of that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, when you really need a supernatural touch from God, we can't help you because we don't know how to move in power. And so I feel like we've settled for being articulate speakers instead of power pastors. And we've settled for being Christians that enjoy the entertainment and like a motivational speech. But at the end of the day, we don't know how to commune with Holy Spirit. We don't know how to move in the fruit of the Spirit like we talked about a couple weeks ago. Remember the Fruit Loops thing we talked about? We don't have the fruit of the Spirit in our life. We don't have the gifts of the Spirit flowing and activity of that kind of, that kind of ministry going in us. And so we just enjoy coming to church and being a part of church culture like this is some kind of faith-based country club. And that is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is not what he died for. So I began to just like, you know, talk about how we got to learn to utilize our faith, our faith and understand that there is purpose and power and it comes together. And there's people that are going to come that sometimes are not, are going to have a situation that they can't be just talked to without a, a supernatural intervention that's going to pull them out of the dysfunction. Have you ever faced something greater that you needed some, You literally needed a God intervention to get free from it? I don't know if you've ever been addicted to something where you were like, I cannot let go of this. Maybe that's you tonight. Maybe there's something in your life and you just can't get past this, this, this dysfunction or this something. And, and you know what? You can come and we could wow you and dazzle you and entertain you and all that kind of stuff. But when you walk out those doors again, guess what? You leave with the same dysfunction. And I believe that he paid a price for a church that's filled with power so that when people come, they get an answer that they're looking for. Amen? And guess what? It's not just found in the staff, and it's not just found in people that touch the microphone. It's found in you and me as Christians. Bible-believing, spirit-filled Christians who believe that Jesus is the Christ, the one and only Son of God, who died and rose again from the grave, and he has put his spirit, the, the precious Holy Spirit, on the inside of you and me so that we could be the conduit of power to the world all around us. That's how this is designed to operate. Amen? 
Hope you're with me so far. So I don't want to just be good at throwing big events, but have the presentation of a power-filled gospel not within the ministry. We need that. I, for one, am frustrated that I could be really good about putting a jumpy out in the parking lot, but at the end of the day, when your home becomes broken and the kids' lives are a mess, we don't have solutions for that, so let's just throw another jumpy in the parking lot. Now, I love jumpies in the parking lot. <laughs> I'll just tell you right, I booked a jumpy today, okay? So I'm not telling you that jumpies are bad. What I am saying is I don't want to substitute jumpies for power, amen? You feel me? Okay, you know where I'm going. Jesus is the always the answer. He's always the answer. It's found in Jesus. You could always circle back to Jesus, and Jesus constantly moved in power. And if you know anything about my style of ministry, it's this. It always comes back to Jesus because Jesus is our perfect model, I love the word prototype. Jesus is our prototype of how you and I are supposed to live. So that has never changed. So when looking at the life of Jesus, we shouldn't negate the vast majority of his ministry where the power of the Holy Spirit accompanied how Jesus ministered to people. I love it when I talk with people that, that, that feel like the power of God active in today in the church is not necessary. Because... Though they might have a strong opinion about that, it cannot even become close to proven biblically. Not even close. Because littered all throughout the Gospels, littered all throughout the book of Acts, littered all throughout Paul's teaching was an encouragement to walk in power. In fact, it was Jesus that told us, tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. So don't start your ministry or do anything until you get power. Why? Because I don't want you to just be good articulate speakers. I need you to be full of power. I need you to have a supernatural answer for people. I need there to be a connecting point between heaven and earth when people come to you and they need to see Jesus the Christ, not just hear an encouraging word. Amen? That's how it has to to be. I put it into a statement like this. It would be poor stewardship of his example to only preach his word without backing up his message with his power. It would be poor stewardship of his example if we only preached his message, but we couldn't back up his message with power. Jesus backed up his message with power. I, tr I personally believe Jesus did not say enough to get him crucified. It was the fact that he said it and could live what he was saying that these Jewish religious leaders were like, we have got to kill this joker. Because he is turning everything upside down. He's healing sick and raising dead and walking on water and multiplying. I mean, all kinds of crazy stuff is happening. We can't just write him off as some loony walking around the woods and doing nut stuff. No, he's literally doing the supernatural. He's got to be who he claims to be, so we have to put an end to this. It's no wonder there was such an onslaught upon his life. We need both. The clear, vocal presentation of the gospel accompanied by the power of the Holy Spirit. We need both. Listen, I'm a preacher. I'm all about the vocal proclamation of the gospel. I just don't want to live my life vocally proclaiming the gospel and never actually demonstrating the gospel. What a shame. What a shame if that was the case. Let me be clear about the reality that the greatest miracle of all is the miracle of salvation. I truly believe that with all of my heart. The greatest supernatural intervention that can take place in a person's life is salvation. It's giving one's heart entirely to Jesus, and then he changes your entire life at that point of surrender. I'll say that last part again. He changes your entire life at that point of surrender. That's big. Hey, can you see where the power comes into this? Here's where I feel like we've fallen short at some point. We've prayed a prayer and we've said some things or we've parroted what a pastor led us to pray and we sheepishly raised our hand in the back of a church and prayed a prayer of salvation, but we walked out of the room exactly the same because maybe we prayed a prayer, but there was never a power connection that caused my life to look any different when I actually left the room. And so we walk away feeling like we're, well, I prayed the prayer, I maybe said the thing, and I was maybe like half there, half not. I don't know, I might have just been caught up in the moment, but I really have no desire in my heart to actually follow Jesus' teachings 
and to make myself fully committed to him. And so we walk away with a false conversion. We walk away thinking maybe I said the prayer or I would, when I was five years old and I was at camp, they told me if I would just say this and sign the dotted line, I'd be good and I get to go to heaven. So I'll just do that and keep smoking everything I'm smoking and drinking everything I'm drinking and sleeping with everyone I'm sleeping with and do whatever I want to do because I'm already going to heaven. So I'm good, right? Wrong. That's not how it works. So you didn't have a supernatural encounter with God in that moment where power literally comes in your life to begin to say no to the things we've been saying yes to. Because now we have a yes that's louder than all of the other things we've been saying yes to and it drowns them all out. It's a power-changing experience. Talk to somebody, I'm sure this room is littered with people who had legitimate conversions. Pray to prayer, no matter how bold or similar or whatever it might have been. My wife will tell you her story about how she got prayed. She was at the Rock Church. That's where she was going. And they did an altar call. And she was like, I don't know why. I just got out of my chair, and I'm walking to the front of the stage right now as they're giving an altar call. She wasn't robotic like I'm doing it right now. But you get the point. She just came down like, I did not intend to do this. I just feel something in my heart. I'm following through. I'm ready. I need to do this. I don't know why. I'm nervous. I'm scared. And before she could talk herself out of it, she was there and gave her heart totally to Jesus. And after that, subsequently to that experience, power started coming into her life and she started saying no, no to relationships, no to lifestyle, no to hobbies. All these things started changing in her life because the spirit of God came on the inside of her and what was old now is dying and being done away with and a new life is springing forth. That's the gospel. That's a power-filled encounter. Doesn't that sound different than maybe I just kind of prayed the prayer and I left and nothing really happened and so I just keep doing the same thing and I show up at church whenever I feel like it. I don't say that to discourage anybody in the room. That's good news for all of us in the room because either you had the real deal experience and you're like, praise God, I'm saved, or you didn't have that experience and you're like, thank God I'm not dead yet. Tonight's your night. (laughs) So don't leave because I don't want you to die and miss heaven, okay? So I want you to stay and be like, okay, Jesus, I want the real deal salvation experience where power comes into my life and, and, and literally changes me. So just start prepping your heart now that, that he absolutely makes you completely new, and I promise you he will. Romans 1.16, I refuse to be ashamed of sharing the wonderful message of God's liberating power unleashed in us through Christ. For I am thrilled to preach that everyone who believes is saved, the Jew first and then people everywhere. The message of God's liberating power unleashed in us through what? Through Christ. There is a power that's released in us through Christ Jesus. It's when it happens. Check out uh, what Paul says to the Corinthian church. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. The cross, it is the power of God to save. Talk about the greatest miracle. I'm emphasizing this so strongly and so boldly tonight because I want it to be a foundational piece for where we're going to go in the future. Because I feel like we're finally at a place where we've been talking about our identity, who we are as sons and daughters in the living God, knowing who we are in Christ as Christians. That's so vital to us knowing our Christian faith. All the stuff we've been talking about, and I want to make sure that this is crystal clear, that we understand the greatest miracle of all is salvation. So that in weeks to come, when we talk about some of the gifts of the Spirit, like healing and prophecy and words of knowledge and some things like that because we're going to be equipped to minister in power as well. I want us to understand it is only because of the greatest miracle of all that we can even minister in any other kind of power. And I would take saving souls all day long way before I would take accurate prophetic words. And I would rather save one person's soul and see healing come to their spirit man where they become redeemed than to heal a million bodies and none of their souls or spirits ever get touched. Amen? You hear that loud and clear, I hope. Okay, that's loud and clear. So the reason we're not going to spend a lot, of, uh, a lot of time is because I really want this to like sink in big time here before we even get to some of the other core things. But thank God, I thank God for the other forms of power, different from salvation, because Jesus modeled and his model through scripture moved in the gifts and the power of the Holy Spirit. It was how he ministered all the time. There was a supernatural intervention type power used to advance the message of the gospel within the earth. 
That's how Jesus did it constantly. Let me show you some scripture. Mark 16, 20. And the disciples went everywhere and preached. And the Lord worked through them, confirming what they said by many miraculous signs. Where'd they go? They went out and preached. But it was God who confirmed the word that they preached with miraculous signs. It doesn't say that they just went out and preached, and it doesn't say that they just went out and moved in miracles. There was the proclamation of the gospel married to miracle signs and wonders. I don't know about you, but here's what I felt like we've done, and I've fallen victim to this as well. Well, I don't know how to do miracle signs and wonders, so I'll just preach. You're only getting a small piece of the kingdom. It has to be both. And I've also seen funky ministries that build their entire ministry off of miracle signs and wonders, but have no bold proclamation of the gospel and never see souls saved. I thank God for both, but I think a balance between the two, 100% of this and 100% of this, is actually a great way to go. I don't know if that mathematically works out, but you get my point. Signs point to and clarify something. Signs point to and clarify something. So when you and I are driving down the five and we see a sign that says SeaWorld with an arrow this way, we get some clarification, don't we? And we don't stop at the sign and worship the sign, do we? We go inside and we worship Shamu. I'm just kidding, that's wrong. You get my point. It points to something. So when signs and wonders take place here on the earth, when we see the supernatural, it should not be for the man of God that maybe God is using to usher a prophetic word or, 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 or move in healing or miracle or whatever. We shouldn't look at that guy as he like puffs his you know, chest out like, aren't I so anointed? <laughs> we shouldn't look at that guy and throw our bouquet of roses at his feet. He should be the guy that's reflecting the glory to King Jesus. That's how you can tell the difference between people who are truly anointed and people who are just moving in a gifting. People who are moving in a gifting will stand up there and flex their muscles and receive all of the praise. It's a whole other thing when those people learn to disappear and they say, thank you, King Jesus, that you're coming down in power and moving in healing. And I believe the Father is looking for people that will be willing to be translucent enough that they don't need to be seen by anybody else and they will just reflect the glory right back to him. And God will say, that's another person. I'll flex my muscles through them because they're not going to be tainted by the praise. There's nothing wrong with saying thank you when someone says you did a good job. It's making sure that that doesn't go as a thank you and become all of a sudden your most precious thing you've ever had in the world, like Gollum holding the ring. (laughs) All you Lord of the Rings people got that. Signs and wonders within the kingdom point everything back to Jesus. Which is why we don't have to be afraid of the miraculous power of God. I feel like some people have gotten afraid of the miraculous power of God. Because it's so unknown, because we don't, it feels like there's a lack of control behind it, or because we don't understand it, or maybe we've seen it abused, or whatever the case may be, we get scared, and we just say, I'll just throw the baby out with the bathwater and not even go there. And that's wrong too. It's equally wrong to reject signs and wonders and miracles and the power of God as it is to only enhance miracle signs and wonders and the power of God. Yes, it's an error to only focus on those kinds of things, but it's equally an error to ignore them. Especially when it's so clearly laid out in Scripture and modeled in the life of Jesus. So what we need is fathers in the faith Men and women of God who are full of integrity and they're readily people walking in power that will allow the Holy Spirit to flow through them so that we could all the more learn how to move in signs and wonders and move in the power of God and let the Holy Spirit begin to speak to us and activate the gifts of the Spirit in our life in a healthy way so that we don't have to be afraid of it. In fact, we'll welcome it because we'll realize every single time power shows up, it points right back to Jesus. If I were to pose the question like this, do you want people to know Jesus, every single person in this room would say, yes, I want people to know Jesus. And I'm going to build a case over these next several weeks. And with tonight alone, I feel like it's convincing enough to say the power of God is one of the greatest ways to get people to know Jesus, the God of power who is alive and well and moving and active. And he's just not a philosophical concept that someone conjured up and wrote it down in a book. 
He's real. And when you are in need of your breakthrough and you're in need of power or in need of, of a supernatural intervention from God, he is readily available and he is re- he's like loaded, ready to roll. Because that's the God that we serve, 100%. For many people, it's too difficult for them to see Jesus because they can't get past their sickness and they can't get past their depression and they can't get past their crumbling relationship or their disbelief that he even exists or that he even loves them. They have a hard time believing that he's gonna do anything because they can't get past their physical problems. Well, praise God that we have a Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of us and he loves us and he's moving in power so that we have an answer for depression and we have an answer for sickness and we have an answer for relational issues and we have an answer for brokenness because they can actually get a physical, real, something tangible answer, then they begin to see their their life more clearly through the way that Jesus sees them and be readily able to give their heart to him. And I'm not saying that you just, you have to experience all of these things first and if you're ever going to hear the gospel, but just go down and serve at the Meet the Need one day. And you'll find all kinds of people that come in and have all kinds of legitimate needs and we can preach the gospel to them all day, but at the end of the day, they're like, I'm hungry. I don't have any money and I'm trying to live and I got seven kids with me and they're all in the car and it's hot. And so, thank you, that's fantastic. I really just need a breakthrough. And praise God, we can help be an outstretched arm of the Lord through a ministry like that or whatever the case may be where we can begin to minister to them physically and then watch the heart begin to open up to hear spiritually. Amen? It's how it works. Thank God that I met a God of power. My whole life I had seen religion. My whole life I saw religion. I I knew all the answers, but I hadn't really had any supernatural encounters with the God that I claimed to love, which rendered my faith infantile, which rendered my faith shaky, and my faith for, for the most part was invalid and not walked out. This really defines who I am. I've heard this definition once before. I'll put it on the screen. Religion really means form without power. It's form without power. It's a structure, but it's just a bunch of rules and regulations that really don't have any power behind them. And I began to realize, dude, (laughs) growing up I was pretty religious because I went to church three times a week, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, I was there all the time, paid, knew all the answers, all that kind of stuff, but my heart was far from God. And I began one day, and I don't have time to tell you the whole story tonight, I began to discover a God of power. I began to discover that there was answers beyond just a mental ascent. And I began to encounter this God that I knew about, but I didn't know. I knew information about him, but I didn't know him. And I began to know him intimately, and things started to change. And I watched religion begin to fade away. I got introduced to a God who was far more exciting and present than anything I'd ever experienced previously. I saw him moving in lives. I saw families and bodies all around me become a witness of his power. I heard him, I felt him speak through me to other people. I saw words of knowledge begin to flow that were impossibly accurate. I saw God begin to bust through into this world and it became real to me. All of this stuff that I had known about and I realized I had just loved church and I was a little church boy. And I thank God that I was a church boy because I could have been some other crazy kid somewhere out there doing whatever and you would have been the person trying to stay away from me because I would have been that sketchy guy. But I'm telling you right now, thank God for the church, but I also thank God that he didn't leave me in religion but that he began to reveal himself to me and I began to discover that what I thought I knew about him wasn't really what I knew until I actually got to know him and I began to have my life radically flipped, turned upside down. There was coincidences, far too coincidental to actually be coincidence. (laughs) There had to be divine interventions. One time I went on a multi-day study, I had this thought, and I started searching the scriptures and it took me several days to do it. And what I found was there was not one region that Jesus went to where he did not minister supernaturally. That speaks volumes to me. Everywhere that Jesus went, every region that Jesus went to, some supernatural intervention took place. 
You know what that tells me? Jesus, Jesus didn't go in there with a really good strategic plan with all of these things that we're going to just, we're going to print it out and we're going to have it ready here and we're going to do lunch at this time. And it, he didn't do all that. He relied upon the Spirit's power. Thank God for that, but thank God for the Spirit's power. Just like how Jesus ministered. When Jesus moved in power, he gained the attention of the people. Paul did exactly the same thing. I am in no way proposing that we do not preach the message. I'm proposing that we tilt the scales a little bit in our desire for the power to accompany the preaching of the word. Do you guys remember the story in Acts chapter 20? Paul is preaching well into the night. It's midnight and Eutychus is hanging out on the windowsill. That dude falls asleep, falls three stories down and dies. That'd be like someone chilling up here on the balcony and falling off the balcony and dying while I'm preaching too long, which is like tonight because we got to wrap up. This kid dies, Paul leaves, goes down, prays for him, and the kid comes back from the dead. Then Paul gets back up, turn my mic back on, and starts preaching some more until the morning comes. I promise you this. I love that story because it's hilarious to me. But I love, watch this. How much, how many people in that room do you think were getting kind of sleepy-eyed but once Paul went and raised this kid from the dead, they were all of a sudden like, tell me more, apostle. I want to know more. And they were leaning in. Why? Because there was a demonstration of what Paul was preaching. So Paul might have been a long-winded, maybe somewhat boring preacher, but when he started demonstrating power, all of a sudden people are like, say what? I want to hear about this God who not only moves in power because I just saw a dead kid come back over from the life over here. I don't know what he looked like when he was dead, but he was dead. Scripture said he was dead. He came back to life. What in the world does this guy have to say? Keep preaching. I love that. Romans 15, 18. Yet I dare not boast about anything except what Christ has done through me, bringing the Gentiles to God by my message and by the way that I worked among them. They were convinced by the power of miraculous signs and wonders and by the power of God's spirit. What? Say it again. They were convinced by the power of miraculous signs and wonders and by the power of God's spirit. In this way, I fully presented the good news of Christ from Jerusalem all the way to Elika. So good. They were convinced because it was declared right and demonstrated right. Worship team, why don't you guys come back up? They were convinced by the power of the miraculous signs and wonders and by the power of God's spirit. I want the Holy Spirit to move here, man. I want the Holy Spirit of God to move in Faith Chapel. I know there's so many churches in the area and guess what? If we try to compete with every single one of them, we're going to get exhausted. But there's a reason why you're here tonight. And it's probably not because we have the fanciest worship team. And it's not because we have the most handsome pastor, though we do. And it's not because we have all of the most wonderful food and all the stuff. And it's not because of any of that. I hope you're here because you're like, I sense something is happening in the spiritual climate of this place. And the Holy Spirit is breaking forth. And he's got me here for a specific reason. That's why I'm here. I'm here because I sense God's doing something in this place. And I want this to be a whole ministry. And all of the, the fingers that spread out and all of the different ministries we support, for this to be a place where the Spirit of God moves in power. The night that we come back from the Vox conference that we went to a couple of weeks ago, it was amazing. We watched God move in so many ways. People gave their hearts to Jesus. People got healed within our ministry. That was miracles that took place. It was just, it was amazing. We came home that night and I had a dream. I had a dream. I dreamt that there was this play that was going on and I was unprepared for the play. And all of a sudden these people come on and they're putting this clothes on me and they're literally dressing me up like a Catholic priest and I'm putting all this on and I'm like what am I supposed to do and they're like oh it's easy you go down and you gotta cross like do this with the person and there's a guy and a girl and, I'm, and I had all these questions I'm like well do I I don't understand I don't want to be disrespectful do I do it to the guy first or to the girl first do I do it to both of them is it left and then right and then right and then left I'm confused I don't know how to do all this I'm not Catholic so I don't know what's going on and they're like you'll be fine you're good just go get it and uh, they send me out and I'm like walking down the aisle like as this Catholic priest and I don't know what I'm doing all of a sudden I see my dad walk by and my dad's a Jewish rabbi and my dad walks down and he's like, I don't know how to do this. And he just walks away and he leaves. 
And I walk down to the front and I'm super frustrated because I'm like, nobody prepared me how to do this. Nobody told me how to do this. And I remember winging it through the play, like just trying to do my best. And I tried to go through all of the religious duties that I was supposed to do and I messed the whole thing up and the dream ended. And I woke up and the Lord began to speak to me about how I'm not good at being religious. He began to affirm my heart about messages like this. Because this isn't just a message. This is how I try to live my life. And I don't always see the results that I want to see. Many times I do. I prayed for a little girl today and she didn't all of a sudden get healed in that moment. Maybe God touched her later. I hope so. But it's not about those things. I don't care about those results because if I celebrate myself in the results, I'll take glory in the results. And the glory doesn't belong to me. But I began to discover that I could go through church and follow all the religious responsibilities and I'm not good at it. I'm not good at it. So I began to discover about myself, what am I good at? And I'm discovering that I'm good at being a man of faith that believes that my God is who he says he is. And just because we're not seeing it to the degree that we want to see it here in San Diego in 2019, it doesn't mean that it's changed the standard of how Jesus lives his life. Just because we're not seeing what we claim to see or want to see or what we hear stories about elsewhere throughout the earth, that's not going to diminish the standard for me. How about you? Maybe we've made this too complicated. Maybe power isn't being released because we're not praying for it to. Maybe we have not because we ask not. Maybe we're so busy defending our position, we're missing our opportunity. Maybe we should change all these things right now. I want to pray for you. And I want you to repent. And I want to be the first to answer the altar call. And I want to repent for still being far too religious and being far better at doing all of the things I know that really don't matter and missing the few things that really do. And missing his heart in the midst of it all and parading myself on my gifting instead of getting out of the way and letting him shine. The altar call this evening as I let you go is that you would pray that the Holy Spirit of God who moves in power would come blazing into your existence. That we wouldn't have to run to the medicine bottle every time sickness strikes. We would begin to believe that we have a God that heals. That you would be challenged in the weeks to come to learn to prophesy and hear the word of the Lord and speak what the Lord is saying through you to somebody else. That you would begin to believe for miracles, signs, and wonders to begin to take place in your life. That you would begin to listen to messages at your workplace and it would change the spiritual climate and literally the attitude of your boss might begin to shift. That you would begin to host the presence of God in the world that you live in. That as grandparents and as parents and moms and dads, kids, aunts, uncles, and cousins, that we would carry the kingdom of God everywhere that we go. And we would be a people that moves in word and power. Just maybe. These altars are open. I'm not going to have anybody up here to pray with you tonight because I feel like this is the kind of altar call we all need to respond to. So... I'm going to pray, and as I pray, you're free to go or you're free to come up to this altar and just get on your face before the Lord and just say, God, forgive me for neglecting your power. Help me to open myself up to the understanding of this and remain teachable by your precious Holy Spirit that we would be a people full of power. Father, tonight I'm asking in the mighty name of Jesus that you would just begin to do a miracle in the lives of every person that's here. God, forgive me. Forgive me for being somebody who could talk about it but can't walk it out. I don't want to be that guy. I want to walk in power so that people would know you. 
I want to have an answer for those that are sick, that are hurting, that are broken. I want to have an answer for cancer. I want to have an answer for brokenness. I want to have an answer for depression. I want to have an answer for suicidal tendencies. I want to have an answer for sickness of every kind, God. I want to have an answer, and I know that the answer is always Jesus. So I'm praying tonight, God, that I wouldn't reside or rest in our counseling ability and all of our self-help, this and that, but it would be in Jesus the Christ alone. So God, foremost tonight, I repent for living a life life void of your power. Help me to live a life full of the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Mercy and grace unfold 
release a couple words that I feel like I got for a few people in this room. If this is you, just go ahead and respond to this. I want to. I feel like the Lord wants to touch you, and I'm trying to just step out in faith uh, as I practice hearing the voice of the Lord. But let's let's keep this atmosphere of worship as you're just crying out to God. And, um, I feel like there's a person in here that has uh, suffered with a, a, a hernia, like you literally have a hernia in your abdomen area. I want to pray for you. I don't know who that is. I know it's a, does that make sense to anybody in here? You can be totally, just be 100% honest. You've had a pain or um, it's like right here, like on your like right side, like a hernia. Does this make sense to anybody in the room or somebody you're close to? I won't pretend like I know every detail about this. It's okay. Okay, the second thing I got, I heard was, um, it was about an earache, almost, I don't know if it's an earache, but it's something to do with your ear where it's like a constant pain that's taking place in your ear and it's drowning and it's difficult and you don't sleep on that side anymore because it frustrates your ear when you're sleeping. Does that make sense to anybody in the room? Ear, sleeping, issue, problem. I'll wait. I get people that come to me all the time and they're like, yeah, I had the ear issue. That was totally me, but I just was scared and I didn't raise my hand. I'm like, you're killing me. For sure. You have kidney stones? It's not herniated? Okay, we'll pray for that for sure. I don't know if that was what I felt like I heard, but I'll happily pray for you. <laughs> What's up? You do have a hernia on your right hand side. Thanks for saying. I appreciate it. Michael, why don't you come up here? We'll stand up here for a minute. We're going to pray for you in a second. Brittany, you too. Why don't you stand uh, next to Michael? We'll pray for you in a second. What about the ear thing? Is that making sense to anybody? A pain in your ear. It's a drowning pain. It's difficult. It's hard to sleep on that side. <sighs> Felt like I heard that one pretty clearly. So, Well, I don't want to beat a dead horse. If that's you, you come on up, and I want to definitely pray for you. The other one was, uh, it's almost like an acid reflux kind of issue. It's changing your diet already. Certain things you can't eat, you feel it comes up in your throat. It's really irritating in your esophagus. Does that make sense to you? Is that what's going on? Okay, why don't you stand up and stand next to Michael and, and Brittany so I know who I'm praying for. Another person, fantastic. Come on up, I want to pray for you too. By the way, if you have anything, if you feel like God's dropping anything in your heart, this is a safe place. We're officially like adjourned and it's kind of just family here spending time in the presence of the Lord. Why do we do this? Why do we minister? To, why do we pray for people and minister to people? Because like what we were just talking about tonight, when you're suffering, you're going through a physical affliction, I believe that God comes and he'll move and he'll power and he'll heal because it's, it's, it's him flexing his muscle into your life saying, I, I truly, I see you. Now, whether he heals us or doesn't heal us, doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't prove that he loves us any more or any less. So if you do get healed, it's not that God loves you more than the person that didn't get healed, who he loves less, right? He loves us all, 100% capacity, 100% of the time, and there's nothing you or I could ever do to change that. But it's our job to believe in faith and to take steps of faith and to pray and to believe and to say, God, I'm, I'm taking a step of faith and I'm trusting you to, to heal and I'm just, gonna, I'm just taking a step. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray and that's our job. Our job is to pray in faith and to believe. That's where, that's where you and I fit in is to pray in faith and to believe. The other one that I feel really strongly is in my left side. It's like right here in the hip joint right here. It's an irritation. I don't know if it comes up into like sciatica and stuff. That's something that I've personally dealt with in the past, but mine's on my right side. So this is like on, specifically on the left side. That's why I know it's not my pain. It's like right there at the bottom of your hip joint. It's like an irritation. Maybe it goes up into your back, makes you super just uncomfortable and just how you sit, especially for long periods of time or walking distances or anything like that. Does that make sense to anybody in here? Edwin, fantastic. Go ahead and you can put your guitar down, brother. Come stand over here. I want to pray for you. I'd rather you pray for and get touched than minister musically. Um, let me ask the Lord if there's anything else real quick. If you feel like you have anything, by all means, ask God. You got, come here real quick. If you feel like you have anything, just say, God, is there anything that maybe you want to speak through me to somebody? And what's the worst that can happen? The worst that can happen is we pray and nothing happens and they go home encouraged anyways.
no big deal. So we're going to take steps of faith, okay? So we don't need to make anything up, but we do need to practice trying to hear the voice of the Lord. We'll talk a lot about that in the weeks to come. I felt like the Lord was saying that there was somebody in here that is, it could be multiple people as well, that there's somebody getting attacked in their sleep, like their dreams, they're having like terrible, crazy dreams or or whatever. Um, so if that's you, I really want to pray for you. I feel that really strongly. So, yeah. Okay. If that makes sense to anybody in the room, kind of night terrors or anything like that that's attacking you at night, is there anybody immediately that that makes sense to we getting attacked at night it's messing with you while you sleep is that for this word okay fantastic thanks stand right there we'll pray for you in just a second um know if this is specifically you, but it, it might be like your daughter that has a fear. Maybe it is you, but had a, a, a bad pregnancy experience and now has a fear of getting pregnant again. Doesn't want to do it, um, but wants to have kids and is wrestling with this dichotomy of like, I, I feel like God wants me to uh, like uh, build a family and that whole thing. But at the same time, I have this like fear that's just like hanging over my head concerning getting pregnant because of previous experiences. Does that make sense to anybody in the room? Maybe you might not even know, I don't know, because <laughs> I know it might be like your daughter if it's not you specifically. But does that make sense to anybody in the room? Just uh, experience with pregnancy, negative in the past, current. Anybody else? Anybody? No? Yes? I'm looking. I'm scanning. If it is, I know that's kind of a sensitive thing, so maybe come talk to me privately. I'd just be happy to pray for you. Um, anything else? Anybody have anything else that they want to call out real fast that they, maybe they feel? This is a safe place. You might be like, what in the world is this? Keep coming back because we're going to teach on all this <laughs> and why we do this and how this works. It's going to help you, I promise you. We're going to pray for a few people right here. I'll let the band continue to play. And we just want to pray for you guys down here. Would you guys, let's do this together real quick. Why don't you uh, extend a hand to all the people that are up here responding. And we're just going to pray and believe that whatever symptom they're responding for up here, whatever they're call, coming up for prayer for, let's just see God heal them, okay? And um, why don't you guys, if you want to lay a hand on their back or something like that, that's totally fine. And uh, let's just begin to declare healing. In fact, why don't you guys begin to raise up your voices first? Why don't you begin to pray? Uh, those of you that are there, just begin to pray now. You can open up your, 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 your mouth and actually use those vocal cords right now. Begin to pray. Say, Jesus, come and heal them right now in Jesus' name. Come on. Command it to go. Speak to the sickness and tell it to go in Jesus' name. Father, this is our point. I told you in my office earlier today, God, I would be obedient to you when you spoke, even if it would be a risk or a step of faith. And I want to be a man of my word. And I know it's nerve-wracking and scary, and I'm always uncomfortable doing this. But, God, I pray that that's the very thing we need to slay. We need to kill that. And we need to begin to believe that if we don't pray for people, no one's going to get healed. And if we don't believe and take a step for, for the power of God to be released, it's no wonder the power of God isn't released because we don't pray for it. We have not because we ask not. So God, tonight we're asking in Jesus' name. We're commanding ears to be healed, for night tears to go away. We're commanding for... Uh people's hernias to, to close right up in the mighty name of Jesus. God, we thank you that uh, people's uh, esophageal issues that are going on, that acid reflux thing, that that would just go and be completely eradicated in Jesus' name. We command kidney stones to be gone in Jesus' name. We release the healing grace of God, the power of the Holy Spirit that heals to come upon her and everybody else that's hurting. We thank you, God, in the mighty name of Jesus that hips are getting aligned in the mighty name of Jesus. We command that that uh, whew, we just command in Jesus' name right now, by, by the power of the Holy Ghost, sciatica goes, hip joints are aligned. Every joint, every muscle, every ligament, every tendon becomes right in the mighty name of Jesus. We command it to be made completely well. Hallelujah. God, we thank you 100%. Complete wholeness, complete wholeness over every single one of them, God. We thank you, Lord. And what the devil meant for evil, God will turn and use it for good. And you'll touch people and you'll restore and you'll move and you'll heal, God. We thank you for your power and your peace and your might and your strength. You're good, God. You're good and we love you this evening, God. We put our faith 
into this. We don't just pray cute little prayers, Lord God, but we just literally reach out to you and say, God, where we don't have answers, we, we just come to you. We just come to you. We just come to you. We thank you for the response. I just pray over that young lady, wherever she's at, who had been pregnant once before and had a traumatic experience. God, I just declare over her in Jesus' name, God, that she could rest in the fact that the gift of life comes from you first and foremost, and that she would have a confidence trusting you, Lord God, that when the timing's right, she'll bring forth a baby boy or girl when the timing's right. And just put her mind at ease, Lord God. And it wouldn't even be so much about the child, it would be more about her trust in you, that's the issue, and she would begin to trust you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for your power. Thank you, God, for your might. Begin to move, Lord God, even now, touch and heal. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Fibromyalgia, does anybody have fibromyalgia in the room? Suffers with that? Or maybe it's a spouse that suffers with fibromyalgia. I see a few different hands that are up, but I don't know if they're responding. Father, we just, in Jesus' name, we just command that thing to, to die completely. Just command it to go. It's a name that must bow its knee to the name above every other name, which is Jesus. So we just release healing over their body. Completely, God, 100% healing. We trust you tonight. In Jesus' name.